Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with your hosts, Jake and Randy, discussing all things freestyle frisbee and whatever else that comes up. Welcome to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. Hey, Jake, how are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful. How are you, Randy? I'm doing fabulous. One thing that I am super excited about today is that we are going to give more details about the first city versus city championship that's going to involve more than two teams. So the first match is set for January 12th, and the four teams that will be battling it out for the championship are Bologna, Italy. Berlin, Germany, New York City, and Medellin, Colombia. And the first match on January 12th is going to be New York City versus Medellin. And I can't wait to see how that plays out. So January 12th, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Log into Frisbee Guru and check out the battle. Yes, it's going to be super exciting to see these teams compete against each other, especially uh, seeing Medellin, who uh, most of us haven't really gotten a chance to see all of the jammers that are down there since World Championships was there. And so it's going to be pretty cool to see who shows up on the team roster and what kind of skills that they've developed since then and really just kind of bring them into the competitive community. And I think New York's going to have a real run for their money in this competition. I agree. I think that they've uh, got some young guns down there that people don't really know about. I've seen a little bit of the videos online, uh, you know, like on Facebook and stuff. So, yeah, it'll be exciting. And, you know, New York's going to bring it, too. So it'll be a great battle. And whoever wins that will move on to the final and then we will see uh, Berlin and Bologna battle it out. And from there, somebody will move on to the final. And uh, I'm sure we're going to have an awesome, exciting championship round. So looking forward to it. So uh, with that, actually, we kind of have a nice segue because we actually have a, a New Yorker with us today. And we get to do another installment of Dougie Fresh's Top 10. So Dougie Fresh, welcome to Shooting the Frisbees again, buddy. Hey, guys. Great to be here. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. And it is also the most popular episode of our entire series. So, Very nerve-wracking, but <laughs> it, it worked out. What's the nerve-wracking part, Doug? Well, you know, I think picking the top 10 jammers it's, it's, uh, can be somewhat intimidating and concerning. You don't want to, like, slight anybody. You don't you want to um, give credit where credit is due. And so anytime you're making a a list like that it can be a little bit uh yeah nerve-wracking yeah that makes (laughs) sense you don't want to ruffle any feathers i had to kick you off the list randy i remember that right (laughs) the very last thing i i realized i'd completely forgotten about lightning and so i booted you off and put tommy on that's right i can't believe you threw me under the bus okay so let's talk about the list this time are you also feeling a little bit of stress over this list or is this a little bit more light? Yeah, but it's it's a completely different kind of stress. I mean, this time going in, I tried to make it as uh, stress free as possible, and I tried to be um, provide some some humor to the world at a time where things are always not always so funny. Um, and so the the nerve wracking part is whether this is actually funny or not. But, uh, <laughs> You're putting a lot of yeah. pressure on yourself. 
I think putting pressure on myself is, uh, is nothing new for anybody who has seen me prior to a round in a, a Frisbee contest. What do we have today uh, that you're bringing to the table? So here we've got the, um, the top 10 signs that you are a serious jammer. Top 10 signs that you are a serious jammer. I love it. Are there criteria? Yeah, humor was basically the criteria. Okay. Not everybody's going to get every bit of humor, but I wanted to make it so that at least everybody could relate to some piece of this um, wild and wonderful sport that we all love. Okay, well, why don't you start us off with the first one? All right, number 10. You study the weekend tide chart like it was the Ten Commandments. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, yep. I'm sure you guys can can relate to that with um, you know, your weekend beach jam out on on that coast. Actually, that beach is so big it probably doesn't make a difference. A lot on the East Coast really depends on on low tide if you want to have a good day. So you know, Rob Freed is, is our weekend tide chart maven you know paul kenny studies the tide charts for sure basically if if you're going to the beach you want to know what the tides are so that's yeah. the number 10 the number 10 reason you study nice. the weekend tide chart like it was the 10 commandments yep. <laughs> and then sticking at the sticking at the beach number nine at your local beach you know the exact time that the wind is going to switch from offshore to onshore and so that's something I have noticed that a couple of the beaches that I like to play is that the morning, the wind is coming off the land and around, around jam time, actually, it switches to coming off the water, which is obviously the primo, the primo wind. And so you get that sense of when that switch is going to be. So that was number nine. So I have a good story about that, that, uh, wind shifting one, uh, number nine. Uh, so at jammers one year, uh, we show up there, and it's just the wind is totally wrong. There's a giant storm system sitting on the land, and it's forcing the wind to blow out towards the water. And so, I think that James, Daniel, and I had actually scheduled to be there for an extra two days because usually jamming on that beach is amazing. We both, we all three of us, were just sitting in Paul's place, going, "This sucks. What are we going to do? We're not going to jam. The wind is so terrible." Uh, and finally we decide, okay, well, we're going to go to a different park and set up a DDC court and play DDC. Cause at least then we can do something because otherwise we're just sitting around. So we go out there and we set up the court and we, we get halfway through one game and Paul looks up at the flags and he goes, you see how that flag is fluttering over there? It's not even blowing from the ocean. It's just kind of fluttering back and forth. And he goes, you see how that flag is fluttering over there? The wind is about to get good. We got to pack up and go now. And Sure enough, we packed up the court and got to the beach, and within five minutes, the wind was coming off the water perfectly. So Paul, he knows just by looking at flags fluttering around when the wind is going to be good at his beach. Yeah, that that actually happens to be one of the... The flag is one of the key tools that I use as well at at Newport Beach in Rhode Island. I can take a look at the flag and kind of go, "Uh uh-huh, things are going to get good. So moving on to... To number eight is you have existential thoughts about bone versus acrylic. <laughs> <laughs> existential so, thoughts. Tell me, in a, tell me one of your yeah. existential thoughts, Doug. You know, 
I, I happen to have a certain artist in residence living in my home right now. And, and that artist in residence is Lou, who, as we know, is a, a bone uh, nail fan. So I get to you know, hear a lot about the, the part of the bone that sucks up the silicone and, and then the silicone kind of fuses with the bone and that provides the key like slipperiness that we all, that we all want. Um, so it, it's not really a, a, too much of a, a soulful thing, but it's a driving factor in some people's decisions, you know, who they're going to get their nails from, what the, what the nails are going to be made of, um, whether it's going to be from a natural source or uh, sort of a more of an artificial nail. You know, and everybody's got their, their thoughts about it. So that's kind of where I'm going with that one. Jammers will go deep into the existential things that nobody else has any idea about. So do you prefer bone? Uh, I prefer whatever I've got on my fingernails at the, at the time. <laughs> to, at, at this point in my career, like a couple of more Z's makes no difference at all. Uh, <laughs> so, so if it stays on and, you know, doesn't get lost, I consider it a victory. All right. Number seven is, you know what the phrase goob makes spawn chain. You know what that means. If you know what that means, you're a serious jammer. Goob makes spawn chain. Obviously um, appealing to a certain style of jam. Well, see, I never understood if it's because you play better or if it's because you think you play better. (laughs) I I think it can be both. Okay, that's good. And it can be neither at the same time. (laughs) Very existential. (laughs) Number six way you know you're a serious jammer is you have many different types of sandpaper in your Frisbee bag. The the one to take off the huge scratches, the one to buff it into, uh, you know, a shiny, um, smooth uh, condition. You know, you need the 600, the 400, the 200, the waterproof one, the other one. All that kind of thing. That's true. That's the only way to bring a beach disc back to life. Tom Leitner wrote an article that's up on Frisbee Guru on step-by-step, which grits and how to do it. I actually happen to think that it makes the the disc last longer if you occasionally do a little uh, sandpaper action. Because I think my thought is if it's smoother, then it will last longer. When you say it lasts longer, you mean that it won't crack or just that you can play longer? Okay. Um, Number five, a a serious jammer can take a mundane weather report and extrapolate it into an incredibly accurate and detailed jam forecast. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's the correct forecast or a true forecast, but, you know, you can look at something and kind of decide and describe what should it look like that day and you can usually do that from three or four days out i don't know if everybody can do that but i can (laughs) you gotta give us an example (laughs) so you you know you i knew on tuesday that i was going to be playing today and i pretty much knew on tuesday what i was going to need to wear um, based on 
it was pretty clear it was going to be sunny and pretty clear it was going to be cold. The wind isn't going to be too bad, but it's going to be a little squirrely. And so that's more of a description than you get from the New York Times in the upper right-hand corner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely. So where was I there? Oh, yeah, yeah. So this one actually relates to number five with the mundane weather report. And number four is you know how to put the weather map in motion on your phone or on your iPad. So you can see that um, that green blur predict when it's going to impact your jam. Knowing how to put the weather map in motion is number, the number four reason. I love it. And now, and now back to the, um, the existential part about the nails. You know you're serious when you have written a lengthy treatise on nail adhesion methods. So everybody and their mom has weighed in on nail adhesion methods, whether it's <laughs> the rubber cement, pure, the um, two-sided tape, the cement with the drop of crazy glue, the straight place crazy glue, and there's probably multiple variations, and everybody's got their thoughts. Some people put the tape on the nails. So there's, again, a lot of different thoughts. And when you've really come up with your own personal mission statement on nail adhesion, that's when you know you've cracked the the genre of a serious jammer. <laughs> do you put the do you put the glue on the nail first or do you put it on the fingernail oh, first? Yeah. And, right? That can I've seen that destroy friendships right there. <laughs> <laughs> and and um number two, you happen to know the exact chemical breakdown of silicone spray. So this is again just after years and years and years of reading the back of the silicone can, you know, you know, all the warnings, you know, what it's doing to you in the state of California. And you know what the exact chemical breakdown breakdown of silicone is. And this is going to get a little trickier with the new trends toward the erotic lubrication area. So that's going to cause a whole other series of, you know, thoughts and, and treatises. That stuff works. That stuff is amazing. I swear by it. I've given yeah. up silicone spray completely. Yeah. Yep. Yep. At, at times, it can be almost too good. And if somebody doesn't know what they're doing, you know, slips up a disc with that, like you could easily be like throwing the first couple of the jam backward because it just is so slippery that it just skids out of your hand completely incorrectly. I'm amazed that we hadn't gone there sooner because it's been around for a while. And I guess I was always skeptical that it would uh, attract dirt more than, Mm. say, silicone. But that's not the case. Number one, this is the number one reason that you know that you're a serious jammer. And that is you're nailing up right now. Uh, (laughs) Ding, 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 ding. ding. not going on forever, fellas. You know, it gets dark here at 4.30. So, and it's, and it's 1.40 now. 
Uh, so okay. Move along. <laughs> That's good to know. And uh, we're going to go ahead and let you go off to your jam. And uh, Jake, on that note, I will talk to you next time. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Shooting the Frisbees with Jake and Randy. To contact us or for more info, check us out at frisbeeguru.com. Home to Haynesville, Shooting the Frisbees, and live streaming freestyle frisbee. Oh, yeah!